For me, it's 8.16 p.m. on January 5th, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is back for the first time in a long time, Sean. Welcome back to The Media Files. What's up, man? You know I had to come out of retirement for this one. I know you did. Man, I, I want to apologize right off the bat for my voice, for everybody listening. This is the second episode I've ever done of Media Files where I have been, like, very ill. And for those people that don't know me, especially, you know, this is a bad thing to happen for somebody that does podcasts as a hobby. Whenever I get sick, my voice is the first thing to go every single time. And my it's just the worst thing ever. Yeah, your but, voice does stink, dude. It's terrible, man. It's just, and, <laughs> dude, if I go to a concert, the next day my voice is completely gone. Just singing songs, my voice is entirely gone the next day. Yeah. Well, but is what that's it is, all right. Man. We had to get this episode out. This is an episode that we had to delay a little bit just because of holidays and stuff. But I'm super happy to finally be talking about this episode because today on The Media Files, we are talking about Hawkeye. Hawkeye is the newest TV show on Disney Plus in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Clint Barton is back in New York City, and trying to make it home in time for Christmas to spend with his family, he has to team up with Kate Bishop to track down a crime family and a mysterious murder. Hawkeye premiered on Disney Plus on November 24th, 2021, and ran for six episodes. It stars Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld, Tony Dalton, Fra Fee, Brian D'Arcy James, Linda Cardellini, Vera Farmiga and quite a few others. Um, I do want to say that we are going to be talking about spoilers in this episode going forward. There are quite a few things that happen in the show in the in the short six episodes that the show runs for. There are a lot of things that happen. This show moves from the time it starts. So if you have not watched Hawkeye yet, go watch it because it's really good. But then come back and listen to this so that you can revel in the spoilers with us. That being said, Sean, what are your thoughts on Hawkeye? You know, I thought it was exactly what we needed. You know, it, it, when the when the reviews came out for the first episode, people were dogging on it pretty hard. I think IGN gave it like a six or something stupid like that. And everyone was like, oh, this kind of sucks. But each episode got better than the last one. And that's really what I liked about this is that I, I wasn't let down whenever I tuned in the next week. You know, did you feel the same way? No, I did. And I'll be honest. I actually really enjoyed this show from the get-go. I thought that they came out swinging, and Jeremy Renner has always been a very, very good actor, but I think that he's been underused in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's because how much can you really do with the Hawkeye character in this universe that has you know, literal gods and the Hulk and magicians and you know, spacefaring wanderers, assassins, you have a guy that's really just good at archery, you know, and, and very, very good. I might say he's, he's the best archer in the world, but you know, underwhelming powers kind of in comparison. 
So in order to make this show work... <laughs> Sorry. You said underwhelming powers, and I, the first thing that came to my head was, with underwhelming powers comes underwhelming responsibility. And it's, you know what? It's actually kind of true. That's why I started laughing to myself. It I'm is sorry. actually kind of true, honestly. <laughs> and he kind of talks about that. And this show kind of grapples with that, too, is how do we have this universe full of superheroes and then a guy that's just a really good archer, you know, right. really good with a bow and arrow. And so you do have to kind of give it a much more grounded take into reality, a much more kind of street level awareness of the crime and the and the problems that people face and I thought it did really really good at that I thought it used Jeremy Renner and Linda Cardellini as Clint Barton and his wife Laura I thought it used them very very effectively and I do have to say that Haley Steinfeld coming into this show I like her a lot anyways I've loved her in just about everything she's been in but boy, this is the role that has really, really sold me on Haley Steinfeld. She was fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I tr- I truly, like, from the bottom of my heart, enjoyed everything that she brought to the show. Because Clint Barton, you know, in the MCU, he's a very serious guy. I haven't read a lot of Hawkeye comics, and maybe you can attest to this because you have. But man, that dude, like, he is not that funny or interesting in the movies. Like you said, he's underutilized, right? I'm sure he could be better. Right. And she brings a new life to the to the show and to the narrative and everything. And, oh, gosh, the, the stuff that she did with, uh, with Florence Pugh, spoiler alert, you know, for those of you who don't know, Florence Pugh's in the show. She's reprising her... Her role from Black Widow is, is it Yelena Bel- Belova? Belanova? Yes, Something Yelena like Belanova, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the two of them, like, the chemistry is just off the charts, which, you know, kind of, you know, we'll talk about this later, but makes me feel like the future of the MCU is very bright, you know? Oh, definitely. And what we're starting to get to is a little bit more of the, the comics coming to life in some of these movies, in some of these TV shows. I think that they, you know, once the Thanos-level threat of the movies has calmed down, we can start to pull back and start to kind of experiment with either much weirder stories like what we've seen with Loki or WandaVision. And WandaVision pulled pretty seriously from comics as well for a little bit. But also pulling into much more relatable, much more, you know, centered stories on humans. And that show did this really, really well. This show did borrow a lot from the Hawkeye comic run that was done by Matt Fraction and David Aha, which was a really, really good run. I think it's one of my favorite comic runs of all time. David Aja did a just a bang up job on the art in that. But it did make Hawkeye a very relatable character. He is just this guy who accidentally gets caught up in these superhero level threats. And everybody always likes having him around. But in one of the opening scenes of the comic, there's this big superhero thing happening. There's a supervillain going around the city, and he gets knocked out in the first two seconds of the battle and doesn't wake up until it's all over. But he's still being, like, congratulated as a hero who is there. (laughs) And so, and again, I like how this show plays with that idea uh, that he is just a normal guy. And he's also hearing impaired in this show. And that's something that, Clint Barton is in the comics as well. I know that a lot of people have been disappointed that they didn't bring in Clint Barton's hearing impairment into the movies up till now, but it did play a very central role in this show because of one of the antagonists, the uh, the character Echo, 
is Maya Lopez. She's deaf. And so their kind of interactions back and forth, very, very interesting setup there. And I really like the the dynamic that they played with. Well, I really enjoy the timing that they used to introduce the hearing impairment because there's no way that you could justify Jeremy Renner's character, Hawkeye, who's a total badass, right? Hand-to-hand combat, really good with swords, amazing at archery, just an all-around amazing assassin spy. How, why is he going to roll around with a freaking, what is she in, in the show, like legit in her early 20s, like archer, archer you know, from college? Why is he, why is he going to run around with her? She actually brings some value to him in a sense that she really is a help to him. It's not like he's a pity case or anything, but, you know, at the same time, she needs something from him. He benefits from having her around. The relationship works really well together. I don't think that it would have served his character well to have him be hearing impaired in any of the other movies because there's nothing that anyone could have really done for him, you know? So it it, it was one of those things where I enjoyed the fact that they brought it in due to whether it was, you know, just getting older or too many fights and too many times getting hit in the head. Now you got tinnitus and different things. But I also really enjoyed how it made him vulnerable to lackeys from like the tracksuit mafia who would never stand up to Hawkeye at his prime. You know what I mean? Like he, he would run through them. No problem. No questions asked. But he also was doing a great job, and Kate kept finding ways to screw it up, which I, which I really enjoyed, you know? I did, too. Haley Steinfeld, again, I think really, really knocked it out of the park with this show. And her coming in as Kate Bishop, who, personally speaking, is one of my favorite characters from the comics. I really love Kate Bishop and all that she brings to the Marvel Universe. I think that Haley Steinfeld was a really good choice. And I think that, like you already mentioned, the back and forth between Kate Bishop and Yelena as as this new Black Widow type character played by Florence Pugh, they really did a great job. And and we've when you and I talked about Black Widow, we talked at length about just how much Florence Pugh was perfect for that part and how she really does great. This is another perfect example of that. And I think that we're seeing kind of the formation of young Avengers starting to form in this kind of newly realized Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've now got Kate Bishop. We've got Yelena. We've got Eli Bradley from Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's the Kid Patriot, Loki, right? Yes, Kid Patriot, Loki. yeah. Kid yeah. Loki. And um, Ironheart's coming up, right? Yeah, Ironheart is going to be one of them. We've got uh, Billy and Tommy Maximoff, Wiccan and Speed from the WandaVision show. There's a lot of characters that they could really pull from to make a really, really good Young Avengers, either initiative, movie, TV show, I don't know. But I think that we're setting up for that now. You know, honestly, it wouldn't be a bad idea because it's not really something that's well known by people who are just like devout Marvel followers from our generation. It's kind of a newer concept, which fits well into what they're doing in Phase 4 because a lot of the stuff they're doing in Phase 4 kind of strays away from what we've seen in the previous three phases. The previous three phases were were very, very strict, and and they followed a very specific kind of like, I don't want to say like classic canon, but it really was in a lot of in a There lot was of a aspects. formula to them, absolutely. Yeah. 
you know, like, yeah, they strayed a little bit from classic canon when they introduced Civil War, but they didn't even do Civil War to the extent that it was in the comics. And so it still right. kind of felt like it was old school. But now we're seeing a lot of new school stuff. And I, I'm excited for that because when I was younger and Spider-Man came out, right? And it what was that, like 2002? And we were sure. freaking, what, sophomores in high school or something like that. So Spider-Man came out, and immediately what I did was I picked it apart and said, that didn't happen in the comics. That didn't happen in the comics. Where's Gwen Stacy? Where's all this? Why does Green Goblin look like he's ready to freaking, uh, you know, fight in Iraq? Like, you know, it, they modernized a lot of different things about him, and I picked it apart, and I couldn't just enjoy it for what it was, which is a story, Right. And as we talk about like the MCU evolving and the multiverse happening and different versions of characters now being explained and justified by different timelines and universes diverging, it's exciting to me now to just enjoy a story. And I, and I love that I've come that far that I can do that now because whether it was Spider-Man movies or X-Men movies or Fantastic Fours, all those movies that came out before the MCU kind of hit, I was really unsatisfied with the plot and the character development because I had such a bond with the characters that I had read about in the comics. But now we can have reboots for days. We can retcon for days because if we introduce a new version of a character, guess what, kids? It's just from a different universe, you know, ta-da. And so that's exciting for me too because the Young Avengers coming back full circle, the Young Avengers can borrow different iterations from different comics and really make it into the best version of what it's going to be. We, we haven't seen that happen yet from any of the mcu properties we've by and large seen a lot of different like strict comic classifications of characters the only one was hawkeye who was kind of like this perfect meld between ultimate and classic and they teased a lot of classic stuff with him but really he was more more ultimate so i'm looking forward to seeing the the mixing of the ultimate and the classic universe i don't remember what the universes are called is is earth 616 or right, something Earth like 616 that. is the normal comic universe, yeah. Right, and then you got the Ultimate Universe, and I don't know the Earth number on that one, but... I don't either. I would love to Not see those things head. come together, you know? And, and it brings hope for other franchises, such as Fantastic Four and right. and X-Men and, and all these different things that are coming up. One of the big things that did come out of Hawkeye is right towards the end, this is a big spoiler, but we did see a return of an old character from the Netflix Daredevil show, Vincent D'Onofrio, as Wilson Fisk, Kingpin. That was a, a big surprise that I don't think most people saw coming. And we saw a little teaser of him right at the end of the episode that aired the day before Spider-Man No Way Home released in theaters. And that day, we saw Matt Murdock return as Daredevil, Charlie Cox as Daredevil return in the film. Yeah. So they are obviously pulling in some of these characters from the Daredevil uh, Netflix TV series and bringing them back in, which I think is a really, really great move. Also, I've I've spoken about this before, but I think that the first four episodes of season two of Daredevil, where they first introduce the Punisher, John Bernthal's Punisher, I think that is some of the finest television I've ever watched. It is just so fascinating. Oh, dude, Daredevil was amazing. It's a great show. Three seasons of that show, all really, really good. And a big part of that was Vincent D'Onofrio playing Kingpin. And so I'm super happy that they're starting to bring him back in, to the, that he's now officially canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we have the Kingpin back. He is such a wonderful character. I thought they used him to great effect in this show. 
and I really think we're going to get to see him again in the future. Oh, well, we better. I mean, it's no secret for people who are fans of the comics, Echo does shoot the kingpin. You know, I, it's very accurate. I did look this up because I was like, what? I freaked I freaked out, right? I did, I was I was sad because I think that Vincent D'Onofrio does such a good job as he kingpin. He does. He does. I'm not ready for him to go. Like, you know what I mean? So it, I don't think he's dead. I think we're going to see him again. And there's tons of opportunity for Tom Holland's character to run in with him now that we've got, you know, Murdoch yes. dealing with him and everything. And and once I saw Vincent D'Onofrio in this, immediately I knew that uh, Charlie Cox was going to be in, in the Spider-Man movie. You know, like I was just like, yes, I'm so pumped. And so it's one of those things where the timing was perfect. They did such a good job with it. And really, we... I. I might be a novice when it comes to predicting things in movies. Like, we have a friend of the show named Joe. Joe could have told us Kingpin was going to be in the show from episode one. I didn't see it. Okay. So, when he came in episode five, I was like, oh, dude. Like, it, I freaked yeah. out. You know, I marked out pretty hard. So, well, it was good. In, in all Marvel shows and TV movies, it, just like in the comics, if you do not see the character die, then they are not dead. That's... That's the rule to stand by, and the shot happens off screen. We don't see anything happen. I have no idea what happens, but I, I refuse to believe that Vincent D'Onofrio is dead. In fact, my prediction for the Echo TV show is that we finally see Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox return as Daredevil, and we get this very, very interesting dynamic between a deaf character and a blind character that have cool. to work together. Yeah. I think we've got a really, really cool thing that could happen there. I'm really excited about that. Do you think that Daredevil swooped in when she tried to fire the shot and, like, kicks the gun or something? And That will be the opening scene of the Echo TV show. Is, yeah. Is Daisy standing there? Or, I'm sorry, Maya. I think, is the actress's name Daisy? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Were you thinking of Quake? Because I, I, I can't Maybe, remember. Yeah. Maya can't Lopez remember. standing there <laughs> about to fire the gun and something happens. I think that's going to be the, the opening scene of the TV show. And we see that Vincent D'Onofrio has not been killed. Kingpin has not been killed. Or we get Bullseye back and he's the one who hits the gun away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was that Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell in the movie. Yes. In the movie, yes. But in the show, it was the guy from... Uh, Heart of Dixie, right? <laughs> you know that I don't remember. <laughs> I think it, I don't I think remember the show it was. Show. Yeah, yeah. I I only know him from Heart of Dixie. I, I I'm unabashed with my CW. No, uh, that was a good show. You know what I mean? Rachel like, Bilson. I, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel Bilson. Yeah. Everything we talk about on the media files, we do give <laughs> a very stupid and utterly arbitrary rating to. How do you arbitrarily rate? Hawkeye. I, I'm going to tell you right now, man, it's straight down the middle. That's a bullseye for me, man. That's a bullseye. That's a good rating. I actually thought about that one. I'm going to give this one a bomb arrow. A bomb arrow. <laughs> you, you didn't want to give it the, the, pim, the pim arrow? The pim arrow. Oh, man, what a great scene. And again, that's another scene that's taken almost almost perfectly from the comics where she is going through all of his trick arrows and firing them out at the tracksuit mafia that had us cracking up so hard and she is just so surprised by each of these arrows and then she wants to label them oh we were laughing so hard at that but just a really great scene also big shout out to lucky the dog the pizza dog oh i made the show in this show that was just a really good addition again straight from the comics but really happy to see that i cannot wait 
until we see Haley Steinfeld come back as Kate Bishop again, reprising the role as the new Hawkeye. I am so excited for that. But but let me hit you with this, dog. I, the person I want to see return the most has got to be the swordsman. How, how did we get through this entire episode without talking about Jack? Oh, you know what? And what a good redemption for that as well. This, You know what? This show did kind of subvert a lot of my expectations about how it was going to end. And I'm really happy that Jack ended up just kind of being a bumbling dummy. Yeah, <laughs> but but he's still good. I mean, he's, oh, very, he's very good. the kind of guy who can be that comedy relief and not be a complete moron. Like, he, he took on a bunch of dudes with guns with a sword and was joking about it the whole time. And a huge red herring the entire show, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at first, I didn't like him. I didn't care. I was like, even if this guy isn't bad, he's kind of douchey. Like, I don't care. But... That's how you like him. He's just so, I don't know, he's enjoyable. He's just fun to watch. Really good character. Really good introduction. Maybe we'll get him back too. I don't know. I would love it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, when that eventually does happen, we'll talk about it. But that's all the time we have for right now. I need to go let my voice rest. Thank you again, Sean, for being here this week. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Maybe I'll be back around. Stay tuned, kids. Stay tuned. We got a lot of Marvel stuff coming up this year, so you will be back around for sure. All right. I'll tell my agent. The Media Files is provided by RPGera.com. Technical assistance is provided by Brian, and the producers are Severin D, Jexac, and Zanku. I'm on Instagram at Brustoff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H, or at the RPG Era Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to, and until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.